I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The blind defense of Josh Allen has to stop, Joseph. It has to stop. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dear God, it's as if we're trying to tell people that Josh Allen is the worst quarterback that has ever played, and how dare we slander somebody like Josh Allen when you look at his career and what's gone on so far, and I understand what happened in Kansas City a couple of years ago. Josh Allen's a great player. He also turns it over a ton. There have been a ton of quarterbacks who have turned it over a ton. And you know what? As a result, while they were great players, they didn't win championships. That happens. Can the two things be true at the same time? What are we saying here? He's not criticized enough? Is that I'm the saying problem? He's, criticized, he's, he's not. The idea that he is so uh, unfairly criticized. Is he unfairly criticized? Uh, that's what Greeny's saying. Listen to Greeny. This is Greeny on uh, Greeny and Get Up. Last week, I'm off with COVID, right? I'm not here, and I'm getting texts from people. Oh, they're killing Josh Allen on your show over the interception that he threw in the Philadelphia game. Let me say something about him. There were 106 players in uniform for that game. Of them, by far, the one who played the best was Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. We focus more on the one bad play Josh Allen makes every week than the 60 that almost no one else in history possibly could. His team would be so bad if they didn't ask him to do absolutely Absolutely everything. He is the most unfairly judged player in the NFL. And a quick final thought, and I'll give it to you. They're playing the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah. If he had wound up on Kansas City with Andy Reid and those guys, Uh-oh. we'd be talking about him as being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, okay. Let's let's the ifs and buts were candy and nuts every day's Christmas greenie. That didn't happen. And secondly, we talk about the one play because a lot of times the one play is the difference in the game for the Buffalo Bills between winning and losing. So, yeah, he's properly criticized. There have been so... Brett Favre, great, great player, amazing player, made so many amazing plays in his career, threw over 300 interceptions. He won one championship. Can we agree that Brett Favre was a good enough player that he probably should have won more than one? I think that's fair. Is that where we're going now? Well, this is it, taking listen, some interest. So we're trying to take away from Brett Favre now. Well, no, I'm tr- what I'm trying like to do. Like the one Super Bowl is not enough, so we're going we're gonna to bring him down? I, I'll bring Brett Favre down a little bit. He threw a ton of interceptions in his career. My yeah. point is there, there's a long list of guys who were great quarterbacks. Dan Marino was a great, great quarterback in the league. Threw a ton of interceptions. You know, because he threw it so much. You could say that they didn't have a running game. I, Dan Fouts was a great quarterback in the league. Josh Allen is a great quarterback in the league. What's wrong with saying somebody turns it over too much and that costs his team? No, I mean, I, I think the thing with Allen is that there's two different conversations happening. There's, number one, where is his place in the NFL, which people 
vary on greatly, whether or not he's one of the elite quarterbacks or whether or not he might be like a second or third tier type guy. And then because of that, is he properly criticized or properly ranked or properly valued based on his ranking. That's the thing. There are people that really love Josh Allen and feel he's unfairly criticized. There are other people that don't think Josh Allen's as good, and he's definitely criticized the way he should be. This reminds me of Lamar Jackson. Different styles of play, but Lamar Jackson was like this for a large part of his career prior to last season because there were a lot of injuries last season. But before that, there were people that thought he was spectacular, but he wasn't winning big games. And then there were other people that thought he wasn't very good. And there was this, no, I shouldn't say like that, but didn't think he was as ill. So it was a it was a difference of opinion in terms of where he ranked in the NFL hierarchy. And then after that, whether or not he was properly criticized. Allen strikes me as Lamar Jackson part two, because we can't properly agree on it. We could all agree that Peyton Manning was great, but then the argument would come down to how great. Right. To your point on Favre, Manning only has the one Super Bowl. I know he got the second one with Denver, but we all remember what that looked like at the end. And I'm not trying to take that away from him, but he had so many years in his career where he came up short because of Roethlisberger or Brady or whatever reason. I mean, it took him nine seasons to win a Super Bowl. We used to say for the longest time, Peyton Manning can't win the big one. Four years at Tennessee, couldn't win a national championship. And then it was nine years in the NFL until he broke through against the Bears. And then after that, we quickly shifted our attention to, well, he's only won one. What's his place in history? So that's the biggest problem with Allen is that guys like Greeny love him and think there's too much criticism, whereas everyone else, they rank him a lot lower down the board, so the criticism is more fair. Listen, I, I look at him right now as a dynamic player who, unless he is able to alter his game a little bit, is not going to get his team over the hump. And I can squarely look at the Bills here the last couple of years, and say that this window that has been open to win a championship has not been busted open by Allen, hasn't been shut, but he hasn't helped it enough. He hasn't helped it enough by getting rid of the mistakes in his game, by at least minimizing the mistakes in his game. You know, this is now there. You can point to a, a hundred different things about how the Bills have asked him to play differently this year. And when you have a guy like this, you have to let him go out there and be himself. 96 turnovers in six years. 96 turnovers in six years. When is it too much? Like you're on a pace right now. If Josh Allen, let's just say, had a 15 year career of turning it over 250 times, like. I don't know a lot of teams that would have great chances to win championships when you turn the ball over at that rate. So one, two, three, four, four, and five. All right. I just wanted to make sure I had this right. So we're talking about Josh Allen and the Super Bowl window in the 13 seasons prior to Josh Allen's arrival. Mm -hmm. The bills had a winning record two times. Yep. Two times. Josh Allen arrives. They've had a winning record in four of the last five years. Yep. I don't think the Super Bowl window not being open enough is going to fall on his shoulders. I think that game against the Eagles, the defense was more than more than capable or more than willing to go out there and get a single stop. They gave up 37 and lost in overtime. The defense can go out there and get some stops. They didn't. Sure. In that playoff game at Kansas City, which is what started all of the Allen hype, the defense could have gotten a couple stops and the Bills could have won that game. Mm -hmm. We put all the shortcomings in Buffalo on Allen while conveniently forgetting that in the biggest spots, the defense is nowhere to be found. 
Listen, I won't argue what happened in Kansas City a couple of years ago. No way I could put that on him in good conscience. I can't argue what happened in Philadelphia. He was amazing, and that speaks to the kind of player that he's capable of being, and that's why the rest of it drives me nuts. I don't want somebody to be perfect. I don't think that's a fair expectation. But when you are the man, and you are paid that money, and you are the franchise quarterback, you are supposed to be the guy who is not making the big mistakes at crucial times, which he has done. That's inarguable. He has done. Not every single crucial time, but enough where we are sitting here right now wondering if he missed his first bite at the apple. They're not going to make the playoffs this year. They're not. I've told you that time and again, and we're looking at the schedule, and there's no reason to think that. They have not helped him enough. That I won't disagree with. Like, if you actually had a run game to support him, that would help him immensely. If they stayed healthy on defense this year, that would help him immensely. Yeah, but don't let that get in the way of your argument that it's not all his fault. Please, please don't use these facts to to come into the equation when we're two sitting here be blaming him for everything. Two, two things can be true at then once. If they're both true at once, you shouldn't everything. put all the I'm blame blaming, on him. I'm not blaming him for everything. What I'm saying is when you're that guy, you got to be better. The only year Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl was the year he had the best defense of his career. Does anyone remember that? The best statistical defense he ever had under Dom Capers in all the years he's been in the league happened to be the year he won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It's not because he was down any other year. He's always been a great quarterback. But they gave him enough that year, and he put him over the top and was the one team standing at the end. Mm -hmm. Part of the problem in Buffalo is that there isn't necessarily enough When the big moments come up, they needed a stop in Kansas City. They couldn't get it. And it's not like they needed, you know, a bunch of stops to win a 13 to 10 game. They needed to not give up 30 points in eight seconds like they did pretty much at the end. That was a game that was more than winnable because of your quarterback. But that falls on him. We say things like Josh Allen doesn't win the Super Bowl. Well, maybe he would have won the Super Bowl that year if the defense gets a stop in that game. Maybe. But he was prevented from that. So now that's on his ledger. Right? We don't talk about how this defense has just not done enough to win a Super Bowl in Buffalo. We say Josh Allen. That's how we start the conversation. We start, we start the conversation because he's the guy, the man in the arena, as Brady would put it. Yes, and in that arena, he had a monster game that they lost because yep. of the defense. Okay. The same thing in Philly. You put all of the shortcomings in Buffalo on him and then conveniently say in these games, well, yeah, in that game, the defense didn't make a play. Or in this season, yeah, guys got hurt. But, I mean, it's all on Allen that they haven't gone out and won a Super Bowl. I'm saying that in the end of this, when I have to go 80 yards and go win a game, I don't trust that he's not going to make a mistake. That's what I don't trust. So how many guys do you trust? Do you trust Lamar? He won an MVP. You probably don't trust him. Hertz is turning the ball over at an alarming rate this year. Do you trust Purdy? Because all we do is put it on everyone around him for being better. We certainly don't trust Prescott because he doesn't win big games. We certainly don't trust Tua. So now you're going to use your argument against yourself when we're talking about Hertz because Hertz last year should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. But what happened? His he defense huge, gave up the points. He had a huge turnover at the end of the first half that went for a touchdown the other way. But he also played exceptionally well, and they still should have won, but the defense gave it up at the end. So whose fault was it? But again, you were talking about Allen having too many turnovers. Hertz had a turnover that was a major play in that game. He didn't play flawless. He could well, have won MVP, could have, had they won that game. 
I but like, trust- who are the quarterbacks you would trust? Let let me think. Mahomes, who's generational. Who else? Uh, listen, I can go down the list and point to guys all you want. Who what are I, they? What I would do more, though, Joe, is point to the guy individually and point to numbers that can't be denied. Should you be turning it over at the rate that Josh Allen does? Like, why do we have this need to defend him? We all know he's a great player. We understand that. The question is, is he just a great player that is going to be allowed to make mistakes because he's that guy? And it's like, well, you got to take the good with the bad, like we did with Favre all those years, like we did with many others. There is a difference when you are the great player who I know is not going to screw it up in the biggest time. Who are the guys you would take to go 80 yards at the end of the game? The guys who are active right now? Yes, active right now. Listen, if I'm looking at it, I would take Mahomes, obviously. Okay, wow. Generational. Probably the greatest of all time. You take him. Okay, we got yeah. that one. Thank I would you. take Jalen Hurts to do it. I would absolutely take Jalen Hurts to do it. Right now, no question. I would absolutely do that. Frankly, I think it'd be silly for me not to consider taking Brock Purdy to do it. Brock Purdy does not screw it up. And Brock Purdy goes out there and makes plays. Yes, he's got a lot around him that's helping him out. Big three-game stretch. To say be, the, am I wrong to say that Brock Purdy couldn't have a chance to go do that? Well, I mean, it's def- it's a difference between taking the guy to do it or saying if he has a chance. They all have a chance. Well, I, here's the thing. The I'll situation you, this, you always I, point to about Purdy's miserable three-game stretch earlier in the season, yeah. I see we're discounting that now. No, we're discounting it in the fact that if you're telling me today I need somebody to go 80 yards and win the game – I trust Brock Purdy more than I do Josh Allen to screw it up, to not screw it up. I absolutely do. And I take by your silence, you know I'm not that far off. I could go on this forever about how flawed it is, but you know I can't. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. I just used it to my advantage there. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, yeah, we got to step aside. That's a shame. Uh, The one NBA story that has quickly become irrelevant. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply we all know breakfast is an important part of your day but sometimes when you're traveling for business you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any you know what happens you grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely we've all been there But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
huge night on the hardwood. Off the floor, James hammers a right-hand dunk. Let's get caught up with Carlin versus Joe's NBA to Z. There's a lot else cooking right now besides the fact that we've got the tournament semifinals tonight on ESPN Radio, 5 p.m. Eastern. It's Pacers and Bucks. Then later on at 9 p.m. tonight, my friends, we have got the nightcap. Joseph, we also have a ton going on in the league. And we have to start last night with the other team in L.A. How about the clip joint? Throws it up and puts it in with the left hand. James Harden, a crafty finish. That is James Harden with a floater uh, as the on 570 uh, Sports, L.A. Sports uh, out in, well, L.A. Um, <laughs> 570 AM Sports. Clippers took care of the Nuggets 111 to 102 last night, Joe. And Harden... 20 points, 11 boards. The Clippers are now 10 and 10, but it's the first time that I've watched the Clippers and thought, oh, that's what it actually could look like. And they're starting to round into form a bit. Open the season three and seven was very easy to mock them. Since then, they've gone seven and three. And that seven and three comprises wins against the Mavericks, the Kings, the Warriors, and last night's win over the defending champion Nuggets. So it's been a good stretch. But again, first 10 games, no good. Second 10 games, good. How is it going to play in the long term? It's not a surprise if you put Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook together, they go out and win some big games. Not a surprise. Not a surprise to see them lose some of those games. What are you going to do big picture? Can you string it together for 16 wins in the postseason? That's the big question because of the history surrounding James Harden. He fakes, he dribbles, he hangs, he fires, it's in the air, it's good! And Bede with 50 points! How about 50 from Joel Embiid last night? The Sixers 131-126 winners over the Wizards. And I got to tell you, I'm watching uh, D'Anthony Felton and uh, or D'Anthony Melton and uh, Tyrese Maxey talk about it after the game. And they're both like, I didn't really feel like he was all that dominant tonight. <laughs> and he had 50. <laughs> I mean, it's quiet in Philadelphia. It's quiet. That's the most important thing right now. All right, they're sitting in the four seed. They're 13 and seven. They've got a plus 6.9 point differential. They are a good team with a legit superstar in Joel Embiid. They've got younger players who are stepping up, but it's quiet. This is the most important thing to drive home. It is never quiet in Philly. It's a problem with Harden, or it's a problem with Ben Simmons, or it's a problem with Markel Fultz, or it's a situation in which they're trying to lose 75 games to get yet another first top draft pick, right? It's quiet. They're just going about their business, and when we talk about them, we talk about the actual basketball. Do not overrate how valuable that calmness is. That was 97-5, the Fanatic in Philadelphia. Sixers now 13-7. and Dodge, it's right to left, and a law for Lively, and he stuffs it, and there it is! There it is! A triple-double in the first half! Are you kidding me? His 60th career triple-double, and it all came in the first half. 29-10-10 in the first half of that game. Uh, Dallas just absolutely rolls. They win by 50 last night uh, over the Jazz. That was on 97-1, the freak, because of course it was. Uh, (laughs) Great name. It is the first time a player has recorded a 25-point triple-double in a single half. 
since it was first tracked in 1997, since play-by-play was first tracked. An incredible offensive player. Absolutely incredible. And I don't say it like that to take away from his defense. It's just from an offensive perspective, watching him play is a joy. He is fabulous as a shooter, as a passer, understanding floor spacing, fabulous. I'll say this in regards to Kyrie Irving. We are always very quick to cut down Kyrie Irving if he gives us an opportunity to, whether it's a comment on politics or vaccines or not wanting to play or whatever it may be. He is a lightning rod that grabs a lot of criticism. We haven't talked much about Kyrie this year. He's apparently been a very good team player, right? Not drawing a lot of attention in Dallas, not saying or doing anything that distracts from what's on the court. The Mavericks look like they have a pretty formidable roster right now. Yeah, give it time. Give it time. <laughs> like give Harden. It time. Give it time. It's coming. Double and Zeus out to Nas up top. Hierarchy three on the way. It's off the rim. No slam. Follow my hits. Oh, he let out some frustration on the rim. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that putback slam last night by Anthony Edwards. Oof. Uh, I mean, it was unbelievable. He came soaring in and just a two-hand hammer. That was on KFAN. Uh, the Timberwolves continue to roll right now. They are playing some fantastic basketball. Uh, Anthony Edwards, as we said right there, but maybe the bigger story, they're off to a 16-4 and four start. The bigger story, though, might be the Spurs. You know the Spurs have dropped... 16 in a row now. Since a 3 and 1 start, they are 3 and 17. Worst start in franchise history. Victor Webin who? Yeah, uh, someone needs to tell Pop that you're not tanking for Wembenyama this year. Yeah, no he's, kidding. He's, you already got him. You already got you can go out and you can you can win some games if you want. They have a minus 12 point differential, which means they're being outscored on average by 12 points per game. That includes the wins. That is horrific. Absolutely oh horrific. I mean, the Pistons have lost 18 in a row. Their point differential is minus nine. That 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 is an incredibly bad team. But back to the Timberwolves for a second. You know, it was a few weeks ago we hinted at the idea of Anthony Edwards as an MVP candidate. He was 40 to 1. Now he's 30 to 1. It's only December, but just throwing it out there. The problem with Edwards winning the MVP is that a lot of people don't see his team being a high seed. High seeds win these awards. Well, they're the number one seed in the Western Conference. Just keep that in mind. Have you sprinkled yet? I had a, uh, yeah, I put a little bit on that at 40 to 1. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It's a cold day in hell when Joe Fornball won't put a few bucks on something he's talking about on air, okay? <laughs> if I'm going to say on this show 40 to 1 looks good, I'm going to have at least a little something on it. Uh, Joseph, on the flip side, I told you about the, the 16 in a row for the Spurs. Oof. Pistons, 18 in a row. Oof. When do they I mean, think about that? You've got two teams in the league with the Spurs and Pistons that have won si- or lost sixteen and eighteen in a row straight, respectively. You got to be kidding! When me. do they play each other? We should do a whole pregame show for that. We really should. We should now get I an hour of pregame for Pistons Spurs when they play each other. Oh, I got to go look at that now. Now I'm dying to know. And as we said earlier, Evan's got we- it. January tenth. January tenth. Where is that game? As if it yeah, matters. home court's going to mean everything there. <laughs> in Detroit. let's. We should take the show on the road. Carlin versus Joe should go to Detroit January 10th. Pistons, Spurs. You know what I want? I want a special court for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just riddled with losers' faces Just all over. Just painted in flames like the fiery depths of hell. <laughs>
Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. As we said, in-season tournament tonight, all on ESPN Radio, the early game. You got the Pacers and the Bucks at 5 p.m. Eastern. That game is on ESPN. And the late game, Lakers and the Pelicans on TNT. But as I said, both games on ESPN Radio and Adam Silver scheduled to join ESPN Radio in between games. Up next, it's getting late early for one NFL well, a wannabe contender. That's after I tell you about this from our friends at Indeed. And Joseph, <laughs> I don't have to remind don't you. Don't you do it. I just, I, it's not to remind you, it's really everybody else that Indeed has demanded. In fact, <laughs> they will give up the whole campaign if I am not reading these spots because it says Indeed to be read by Carlin. If you need to hire. You need a partner by your side every step of the way. Indeed's end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. The moment you sponsor a job post, you'll get instantly matched with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description, and you can then conveniently schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from Indeed's hiring platform. Start today. Get $75 in credits toward your first sponsored job. Visit Indeed.com slash credit terms and conditions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This guy's never shy about sharing his opinions, and he knows a little thing or two about the AFC West, as we just heard about the Raiders. Sean Merriman, the three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, joining us right now on Carlin versus Joe. It's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Sean has got his lights out, extreme fighting, bantamweight title main event. Abby Montez and Jackie Cataline coming up on January the 6th, Long Beach, California. Sean, what's up, man? Appreciate the time. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? We're doing great. Let's start here with your former team, your primary former team, the Chargers, and Brandon Staley, who has been very defensive lately when he has gotten questioned about some of the losses. What is your take right now on the Chargers situation? Well, you you know, you just look at them. Obviously, you know, they're underperforming. I mean, that's that's the obvious, but I think this is the expectations coming into the season. We look at that roster, right? This is going to be a really, really good team. 
and, and we all knew that. Even though last year when they got you know kicked out of the playoffs by Jacksonville, you knew what kind of team they had. You know, Kellen Moore coming over, it was just a lot of excitement. Now, there's still excitement there, but they, it, it's not at the uh, head coaching position, to be honest. You know, it's just a lot of questions there. And I was all on Brandon Staley's, you know, um, on his team, right, backing him. When he came in, I was one of the first guys he called. We had a great conversation. He said the right things. He did the right things. Um, and then now, you know, he's just – kind of firing back off at the media for doing their job. And so I just – I don't that part of it I don't like. I don't get and understand um, because they're asking all the, the same questions that everyone else is asking. Do you think that between now and the end of the season there's anything he can do to get a new deal with the Chargers? It went out. I mean, honestly, it's um, – when, when you're sitting on the type of team and talent that they have, the expectations are very high, and you'll get a year, two years, because you, you know you're a new head coach. You're coming in trying to establish your team. You brought your own guys in, so there's a lot of turnovers. So you'll you'll get some time, but he's had that time, right? And uh, you know I've been been to just about every every game, and I'm scratching my head in some of these situations, just like everyone else. But I tell you, man, um, I still think very highly of this team, and then regardless of what happens at that head coaching position whether Brandon, Brandon Stilley stays, goes, somebody else comes in, they're coming in with a powerhouse. You know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, wide receiver, two def- defense, uh, uh, defensive players, Derwin James, Khalil Mack. You are coming into a really good situation no matter who got the keys to the car. Sean Merriman, three-time Pro Bowl linebacker for the Chargers joining us. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Okay, but from the outside looking in, it looks like culture is an issue. So if you're going to move on from the coach, you need somebody who's got a proven track record who can immediately change what the culture of that team looks like. Again, from the outside looking in, maybe I'm wrong about that. Would the Chargers ever go all in on a coach like, oh, I don't know, Bill Belichick, if he became available this offseason? They they could, but, you know, this is the issue. Um I just believe that the head coaches in that position is just getting younger and younger by the day. And Bill Belichick had a great run, right? One of the best runs. But you probably go down as the best coach of all time, or one of. And the head coaching position is just getting younger and younger. So it's, it's like, what, what do you do, right? I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick can come and turn some things around, and he, he's, he's, uh, he's have instant respect walking through the door, but the, the, in my opinion, man, I, I just feel that it, it is past him. It, it really has. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that he can't coach somewhere or he still won't be a good coach. But when you're talking about building longevity and having a, uh, an upside in the future of the Chargers team with Justin Herbert and all these guys, I don't know if Bill Belichick is a guy to bring in. If you want to start talking about a Harbaugh and some of these other, other you know, positions or uh, people that can come in, coaches can come in and, and change the culture and identity – of this team, you would have to start looking that direction. We were having a spirited debate earlier about Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, and whether or not he's unfairly criticized. Uh, A lot of people will tend to get on him a lot if they rank him a little bit higher. Some people will say maybe he's not fairly criticized if they rank him lower. What do you make of Josh Allen so far in his career? Does he catch more flack than he deserves for the problems in Buffalo? He, he does because he can, you know, one thing about Josh Allen, you know, we know he's going to turn the ball over some, right? It's just the, the way he's, the way he plays, 
uh, the way he's always played. And, and by the way, there's been great quarterbacks who's also turned the ball over, Hall of Fame quarterback who's also turned the ball over uh, tons of times. The problem is that he only gets criticized when he when they lose, right? If he if they win, he's turning the ball over. No one says anything. Is if they lose, it's everything his fault. I, I just think that with that, that we just talked about the Chargers. I think that also with the Bills, it's the same type of situation, right? Same type of roster. You got players, and you're scratching your head like, what in the hell's going on with this team, right? And with them. It, again, it could be another thing where the, it's culture, it's identity, because you don't know which Bills team is going to show up. If the, if the good Bills team show up, they can play against anybody. They can go out and beat anybody. When they don't show up, they can lose against a team that they shouldn't even be on the field with. And so that's, that's where a lot of that slack comes from when you're talking about Josh Allen. Sean, great stuff. Lights out, extreme fighting, bantamweight title, main event. It's Abby Montez against Jackie Catling. That's January 6th, Long Beach, California. And, of course, it is live on Fubo Sports. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, thanks for popping on. You got it, guys. Thanks for having me. That's Sean Merriman, three-time Pro Bowl linebacker. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You think I could spit some words out today? That would be nice, too. <laughs> Dear God. Thanks for the, the, uh, that, you know, the thing. How about a little Hembo Hammer? It's Thursday at this time. Let's go. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. This is the Hembo Hammer. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. With Juan Soto in the fold with the Yankees, your question this week is this. Who is the last Yankees left-handed hitter to hit 40 homers in a season? Good luck. Ah, okay. Okay, I got some ideas on this. <laughs> I got some ideas on this. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Are you anywhere here? No, I got nothing. I don't know wow. who's lefty and who's righty. When I was a kid, I knew all that stuff. Now it's like, you know, I don't know. Judge, he's probably a righty. Mm, I, think, I think he's trying to get us, and I don't think he's going to get me. How about that? All right, good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Listen. It's a show win then, like last week. It's a show win. No, this is me. This is uh, you the win? answer in just moments after Joe has this from Farm Fresh. All right, boys and girls, let's try to get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. What better way to make the home festive and warm than by buying a real Christmas tree? Did you know that if you do something like that, you're going to help save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees that are planted, over an acre of land is saved, and so are American farmers' jobs. Plus, when you're buying real Christmas trees, you're helping to keep that holiday, memory, feel, season mojo alive, while also helping the environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You must be here for the uh, trivia challenge. Do you have the answer to this week's trivia question? Oh, I love trivia. What's up, boys? It's hammer time. This is the Himbo Hammer. He's gotten us the last couple of times. I say not today. He didn't get us last week. We got him last week. Oklahoma. Oh, that's right. That's right. Again, I... It really, if it only applies to you. If he gets you, he's gotten us. If he, if you get it right, you know, we've got him. I don't even factor into any of your equation, do I? No, that's not true. It's, it's what it sounds like. It, it, but it's not an ego thing. It's <laughs> Oh, really? No. It's I think that's self- the literal no. definition. No, it's a self-hatred thing. <laughs> like, if I don't get the question right, I'm going to be miserable for a couple of hours. <laughs> and that, it, like, it's not the wins that stick with you, Joe. It's the losses. It is. That's like. Pat uh, Riley. What's, I am the Pat Riley of the Hembo Hammer. What's the line in Rounders? Walking back into this joint, I can barely remember how I built my bankroll, but I can <laughs> sure as hell remember how I lost it. Yeah. I feel like Buckner walking back into shade. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to this week's Hembo Hammer in case you didn't hear it. What's up, boys? It's Hammer Time. With Juan Soto in the fold with the Yankees, your question this week is this. Who is the last Yankees left-handed hitter to hit 40 homers in a season? Good luck. Okay, so to be clear, has to be a left-handed hitter, not a switch hitter. Uh, so it can't be marked to share. You uh, you are out on this, correct? Hembo again wants to want leaving the door open for plenty of yeah. controversy there. If you hit lefty, what does it matter if you're a switch hitter? I have no idea on these types of questions. Guys who hit lefty in baseball, guys who hit righty, all this stuff. I am outsourcing this week to the handman. Okay, the handman so- knows the Yanks. I'm going to allow my answer to go to him. If he gets it wrong, it's on me. If he gets it right, it's on him. Handman, your instincts here are what? Well, my initial instincts went to Hideki Matsui, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I don't know if he hit 40 home runs in a season. I might have been like uh, a little nostalgic with him because he's one of my favorite uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you mentioned Giambi about an hour ago. Yeah, I started going there as well. So, uh, and that would be 2008 was his last season with the Yankees. Though, so that's a long time. That's over 15 years. Right, right. It's been a while for Giambi. Wait, the wait, only wait, other- wait, are you giving an answer or not? You just gave a whole bunch of nonsense analysis. What, what you got to make a pick? Uh, my gut that tells me that there's somebody I'm absolutely forgetting. I haven't played immaculate grid in a while, so my baseball hand man. For the is, love of God, if you don't oh. give me a name in the next few seconds, I will never throw to you in the history how of this quickly, radio show again. How quickly? I got to go pick something. I'm gonna go Giambi, but I'm fifty fifty on it. All right. Okay. Giambi was uh, Giambi was my instinct too. You made me think about Matsui. The other guy that I thought of, just in case he was really trying to stick it to us, was Tino Martinez, who I think it was ninety-eight hit forty home runs. But let's go with Jason Giambi as the answer. The correct answer is Curtis Granderson. Curtis oh Granderson did that oh, in twenty twelve. Granderson oh did it God. in 2012 and 2011. What's worse, me not even taking a guess or those two guesses? I'd say I come out looking pretty good here. Oh. That's just my thought. The forgotten man. The guy the who just, man. I apted, opted out. Granderson with 40. Dang. How far, Carlin, how far do you think you would have needed to go in guessing before you would have even gotten to him? I should have come to it sooner. 
but I, di- I didn't even remotely consider it because here's what I forgot to consider. The Yankees, since 2009, now play their home games in Williamsport. So that allows <laughs> Curtis Granderson to hit 40 home runs. What, um... Of all the ones that you have not gotten right, it feels like this one stings this one, the worst. Oh, this one stings. It feels this like this one, one stings. really stings. Yeah, and yet I feel like Handman's going to be able to get right on with his day. Handman's already moved on. I don't even think he remembers the, what just happened. <laughs> He's it's, right back to work back there. God, I'm so disappointed in myself. <laughs> it's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio <laughs> on Sirius XM Channel 80. Now, we told you that tonight's football game is not one that Well, this doesn't jump off the pages sexy right away when we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the New England Patriots. And it got us to thinking about some of the worst Thursday night football matchups of the last few seasons. That It really got me thinking, thank God Al Michaels has only done one additional year of Amazon this year. Because if you really go back, there had to have been some Buttes that he missed that he would have been belly aching about. <laughs> it's fair to say. And I do enjoy that. So that that alone may, may, may make me want to watch uh, some of that. But we will go with a little segment hosted by Evan Wilner here called Better, Worse, or the Same. Some of the worst Thursday night football games of the past few years is tonight's matchup. Better, worse, or the same? Yeah. Evan, the floor yeah. is yours. All right, so we don't have to go back that long ago. Bears played the Panthers in week 10 of this season. Oh. The Bears won that game 16-13. to 13. Will tonight's game be better, worse, or the same as that one, Joe? Worse. That one at least had the appeal of the first overall pick, where the Bears winning hurts their cause, but they have the Panther pick. Like There was some sex appeal based on that. This game has none of that. Yeah, I would say that this game is going to be worse. And... Keep in mind, I listened to that game in the car driving through Western Illinois oh, and that's Iowa. Right. <laughs> and I had that game on. And I'm saying that tonight is going to be worse. <laughs> oh, my God. Next. Let's go back to week five of last season. You guys remember this one. The Colts beat the Broncos 12-9 in oh. overtime. Al wanted to leave after the third quarter. So will tonight's game be better or worse or the same as Colts 12-9 over the Broncos week five of last season, Carlin? Oh, man, we are we are setting the bar pretty high here, are we not? That was, a, that was an all-timer. I'm going to say that that was worse than what tonight will be, and that is, that is truly saying something because that – that is on my Mount Rushmore of all-time horrible Thursday night matchups. I'm I'm biased here. I'm going to say tonight's worse because I watched that game at the Chandelier Bar at the Cosmo in Vegas. I was meeting someone in the gambling community I had never met before, so we had some drinks watching that game. It was actually a delightful time. So as bad as that game was, I am heavily influenced by what I was doing during yeah. it. I'll say tonight's worse because well, we I'm just alone in Connecticut here now. Yeah, we both have been so far. Yeah, now you're going to be sitting at the bar at the hotel that you stay at and I know what that bar looks like, and it's not a big-time night tonight for I can't you. do that. I've done that too often. They're getting to really know me there. Yeah. So it's important that I not do that. I'll watch the game in the dark in my hotel room. It could be a 45-44 shootout. I'll still be crying. In the dark in my hotel room. <laughs> Next. 
A week later was Commanders 12, Bears 7, Week 6, 2022. Will tonight's game be better, worse, or the same as that, Joe? That game was disgusting. Tonight's game will be better. That game was disgusting. Yeah. Commanders, Bears. Didn't the Commanders and Bears get together again this year? Yes, the Bears I was going to say, they gave us Commanders, Bears twice in two years on Thursday night. Are they playing each other night? every year? Are they in the same division now? Enough Commanders, Bears. Bezos, get your money back, dude, <laughs> if you're going to give me that. Holy cow. I have to believe that tonight's going to be better than that. I have to, don't I? I mean, for, for Pete's sake, it's the holiday season. I have to believe in something. I mean, it's a 30-point total tonight. I will say this. Let me throw it at you guys. 14-1. to 1, Nobody scores a touchdown in this game. Would you bet it? Oh, wow. How do you not bet that, That right? could pique my interest tonight. You're missing out on life if you're not betting that. Yeah, 14 to 1, nobody scores a touchdown. 14 to 1. That might be a communal family situation here for us. Yeah, I thought that was going to be like 5 to 1. I'm like, yeah, no one's scoring tonight. You put 14 to 1 out there, I'm in. Quickly next. Yeah, Jaguars 19, Jets 3. This was the game week 16 of last year where Chris Strebler replaced Zach Wilson (laughs) in the fourth quarter and went 10 of 15 for 90 yards. Better or worse or the same as that. Uh, I say that tonight will be worse than that because at least it had Chris Strebler. I'll just say the same. He's right on par with the quarterback play we're getting tonight. The same. Well, if we were hoping for that segment to absolutely break our spirits in advance of Thursday night football, mission accomplished. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.